Wait, loser, lame ass. Wanna be oh, totally, totally. Stop, don't talk to me, loser, lame ass. Wanna be like, oh, totally, like totally. Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV. I'm Cash, and I'm Larissa. And we are right back at it to get locked up with uh, a little bit more of Orange is the New Black. Today we're talking about episodes four through six. We've got Dr. Psycho, directed by Aaron Feely. We'll always have Baltimore by Trisha Brock and Piece of Shit by Uta Brzezowicz. A lot of female directors today. Yeah, that was the first thing that caught my eye. Is, uh, all, all three of them were directed by female directors, which... I. I know there's a couple shows out there, uh, Outsiders, another show that we do, and The Walking Dead is about to get Rosemary Rodriguez to do an episode, but we're starting to see a lot more female directors out there. I mean, especially when you have a show, like, you know, of course I believe that women are just as capable of directing anything as men, and they should be, you know, way more out there and things like that, but especially with shows like this where it's really about women, you know, it makes sense that we would have more female directors are kind of in the mix. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think we had any in the first three episodes, so it is nice to see them continuously pop up now throughout the series. Yeah, I was glad to see that. I was a little disappointed when we were first doing the podcast and you were reading the names to me. I was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll get by with it. Yeah. And I mean, we got some uh, catchy name titles in here. Dr. Psycho, We'll Always Have Baltimore, and Piece of Shit. And You know, it's... <laughs> They, I, I always love uh, the Orange is the New Black titles because they're always so cheeky. They you are. Know? And they do a great job with, uh, not necessarily as great as Game of Thrones because that, those titles always could mean multiple cast members by the end of the episode. But like here, it's always focusing on one or two people and we really get those backstories with them. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, doc- and, and it's kind of it's interesting because it's also... Though, like, for example, Piece of Shit is focusing mostly on loose chick and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other characters that are doing shitty things as well. Piper. I, mm-hmm. Always Piper. You know, mm-hmm. Dr. Psycho, we got Big Healy, Big Healy episode, and then we'll always yeah. have Baltimore with uh, our good old Warden. That that's a that's a fun episode, and then piece of shit is you know, I, like we were talking about before we even started with this. These uh, these episodes are kind of the laying the foundation for more exciting things to come. Like uh, last time when I told you, oh, you'd be excited for this podcast. It's episode seven, not yeah. episode six, that you should be excited for. So you should be excited for the next one. <laughs> but also this one because this is going to be another great episode. Of course. But, so the episode starts off, at, did it start off with the Healy flashback, or? The, um, the, it, it started off with Sophia in the shoe. Yes, and so. Yeah, she, um. Almost had completely that, forgotten about Sophia, I'm not gonna lie. I think that the show kind of did that on purpose, because the thing about Sophia is she was such a big, colorful character, and then she was just gone. And very and, predominant. Like, she had a skill that not many other people in the prison had with the hairstyles. Yeah. And they haven't... That hasn't come back. Like, the idea of beautification being a center of these women's lives 
doesn't really return until we have Alayda come back with her nail stuff, but, you know, that's a bit later in this. Um, but, yeah, and then it it breaks my heart to see her because you know she hasn't been taking her hormones. Yeah. And she's worked... So hard. Years and years and years to have the body that she has, and you can only imagine how defeated she feels, like, not just being alone and being in the shoe, but slowly kind of losing her sense of identity even physically well i mean she gave up her external freedom you know your rights as american as a citizen and everything for her internal freedom to be a woman because she stole and stuff to get all this money for her surgeries and she lost everything that she had had and so i mean so, there's like a huge irony in that yeah it's it's kind of like what she had left to be proud of because mm-hmm. you know she she has a very difficult relationship with her son and with her wife who's not even really her wife more of like her friend yeah and uh so most of her pride was derived from being the this strong beautiful she, woman and she had made herself literally you know, there, yeah. there's a lot of different forms of beauty in the transgender community and not everybody is like strictly like cis beautiful mm-hmm. like she is but so I think her pride kind of comes out of the fact that she was looking on the outside how she felt on the inside, and now she's losing that. I mean, now she's just completely broken, and it is devastating seeing the things that she's doing. She's screaming for Caputo, you know, trying to get anything, and always asking for the time. And I'm just, I'm heartbroken every time we cut to her. Yeah, catching things on fire, flooding the shoe. The whole part with all the blood on the walls, that's the last we see of her for a little bit. Yeah, now do you think that that was like her nails and stuff that she was just like digging at the walls or? Well, I, I know what it was, but uh. I, I cannot tell you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's supposed to just at this point be really ominous. Just well. like, did she slam her head against the wall? I think my initial reaction to it was actually that she uh cut her wrists somehow yeah just to get their attention because she doesn't want to die but you know cut or cut her arm or something like that but it was just especially when she tore up the magazine yeah but didn't like she'd make any kind of like paper mache shank or anything so i didn't think it was that for some reason i didn't know how she did it but i mean i thought she was dead now, obviously, I still haven't seen past episode six, and I don't think that she's dead. And you've kind of said that, made me think that she isn't dead. I didn't think she was dead. I thought, another thing that I thought is probably that she just kind of, like, went nuts and slammed her head against the wall a bunch of times just to get them to finally... Get her out of there? Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. But, you know, with the reintroduction of her, slowly throughout her scenes, we get... Another character that we haven't seen in a long time. You know, Nikki. We have good old Nikki back. And Nikki also brought back the small cameo of another famous or another well loved character on this show. Stella. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see Nikki. And now, one of the problems I'm having is is this Max Security Prison in the same place? Like, are we in the same area? I'm super confused by that all the time because they always say like we're gonna take you down the hill yeah and it makes me feel like they're close to each other because like Sophia's there and 
you know, when they when they put people from minimum security in the shoe, apparently they're in Max. Yeah. Because I didn't know that they were in the same place, but that's where Nikki was cleaning and she's in Max, so they must be close to each other. I mean, they've got to be somewhere close, but that just makes no sense to me. Like, I don't know why you would have a maximum security prison that close to a minimal. And, I mean, I, I would think that every prison has their own solitary confinement. And then wouldn't they kind of maybe be under the same jurisdiction in that, like, the company would have bought them both? And the guards, they, they, they should never have guard shortages if there's a maximum security prison right there. Yeah, the the rules of Max is are very very confusing. Yeah, and so like that that's just like one major. I think it's a major plot hole, and you know we don't know. But I mean, it's just one thing that's catching me off guard and really confusing me. Well, I think probably what it is is obviously there does not exist, at least in the capacity of the show a minimum security next to a maximum security in terms of, like, locations for the show to actually shoot. Yeah. So I think they're trying to give as little information as possible. Which is a very common thing. Like, a lot of shows and movies will never specifically tell you how big an area is just because they want you to always imagine and so they leave some room for error, like, in this kind of instance. I mean... At least it's not as bad as Mowgli taking 20 seconds to run a thing that took him three days to walk in the Jungle Book. We're not quite that level of that (laughs) continuity, but uh, it it is kind of a glaring error, especially for a show that's been pretty careful. Yeah, but I mean, I I think this was just one of the things that they couldn't avoid. Yeah. Or they just kind of rid themselves into a uh, corner wanting to keep these characters around. Yeah, I just, I I mean, I think people, you know, minus people who actually work in a prison, which aren't that many people comparatively to the entire population of those watching this show, but I think if they had just had, like, the shoe in the minimum security, like, in the basement, people would have believed it. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly where I thought it was. And I think that they just wanted to have Nikki and Sophia, like, interact so that we could see what was happening in there. But it could have been done a different way. It didn't necessarily have to go like that. And like that choice to have them interact is what made everybody confused. Yeah. So, or at least made us confused. And I mean, but if anyone knows, if anyone has read or seen something about where the maximum security prison is in accordance to Litchfield, please let us know. You know, we'd love to be a little bit less confused. Yeah, genuinely curious here. <laughs> But also with, you know, we, we see Nikki, we see Stella, and Nikki has, you know, she's in A or NA, Narcotics Anonymous, or... Well, they, they call it AA in the show. Yeah. And so, you know, we learn that she's clean, missing the cigarettes and stuff, but they don't even let her keep her coin. And that's a pretty devastating thing. And, you know, she has that moment where she never gives herself any credit because, like, for example, like, the you know the whole, you know, piece of shit thing. Yeah. And uh, she considers herself to be one. And so at the end of her whole monologue, when she gets her three-year chip, you know, she says, I'm fucking proud of myself. And for her, that's like... That's huge. 
yeah, that's as good as it's going to get. And then it's immediately taken from her, not only physically with the coin being taken, but also, like, in that episode. Yeah, because the Stella comes right over and gets the heroine right there next to her. And it's just like, oh, man. And you, I already had a sinking feeling that Nikki was about to be using by the end of this thing. Yeah, especially, like, and in the way that, in the way that it was, you know, with, when she had to do, like, sexual favors for that female guard to get the heroine at the end, like, just as she's about to be taken back to minimum security. Yeah, but she doesn't know that she's about to be taken back, right? No, but we know. Yeah, we know. And I'm just like, no, Nikki, you're about to be taken back. But do you, I still don't think that she's going to necessarily take the drugs. I mean, I know that she's working for them and everything, but. She took the drugs. Like. The, the security guard gave them to her and Not first. Nikki proceeded to... She has to do the payment before she gets the drugs. And I know she's going to uh, perform the sexual favors and everything. Which which was kind of interesting to see. Like a woman ask for sexual favors as drug payment. Because that's nothing that you usually see. I thought that as well. I was... I thought it was a good way to kind of you know, balance out stereotypes, especially when we've got this other plot happening over with Doggett and Coates, you know, about the rape. And, you know, in earlier seasons, all sexuality that was, like, negative was very male one-sided. Mm -hmm. So I think, even though it's, you know, disgusting and abhorrent and things like that happen on both, you know, sexes, I think that it was a... Um, a cool move. Yeah, it's a nice flip of the script to know that it's going both ways and women are going to take advantage of women just as easily as men would for the same reasons. Because everyone yeah. still has these needs. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you bring up Doggett and Coates and Coates is starting to realize that he might have done something terrible. Oh, that scene just killed me when, uh, when she comes up to him and asks him, like, I just want to know that you're not raping Maritza and he's like no why would I do that and she's like well like you did to me and I mean he was just I mean we could see in the moment he was doing these things like these mean things with her you know making her fetch the stuff and like forcing himself on him but for some reason it wasn't registering with him that none of his advances were falling flat well, it just killed me because he, he looks at her and he goes, it can't be rape if I was telling you that I loved you. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. yes, it can. It still can make it one-sided. Well, it's a very topical discussion because, you know, sexual assault is something that's, you know, it's been a problem for a long time, but it's just now getting a lot of media attention. So that storyline is, it, it's interesting because it's not immediately condemning him. No. Like, yes, it's bad. Yes, we're not necessarily on his side. But he's been very sympathetic this season. Oh, extremely. I mean, ever since he found out. Like, I mean, he just, he legitimately didn't think that he did anything wrong. And so, like, it's hard to hate him, even though we know that he was raping her. He didn't know. Yeah. And then as soon as he found out, you know, he's kinder to the inmates. He's attentive to them. He's making sure that they get the care or is attempting to. And, I mean, he's the only guard that's going to bat for these people. Like, Luzchek, I lost a lot of respect for him. 
Oh, I, in I a few don't of these like episodes. him at all now. I mean, he was the happy-go-lucky. I mean, yeah, he was lazy and everything, but he was never so selfish that he didn't care about the inmates. Well, he's a piece of shit, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, he has his own episode, and I mean, he really is, but I didn't feel like we knew that before this season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with Loose Check, you know, since we're already talking about him, uh, it's so interesting to me that he has been so ambivalent his entire life that mm-hmm. when he supposedly feels guilt for the first time, he doesn't even know what it is. Like, great. And I mean, I completely, I was, I was believing it wholeheartedly. I was like, yeah, I can truly believe that he doesn't know what guilt is. Yeah. And, and, and when he's talking to Judy King, which, Judy King. She's becoming one of my favorite characters. She is acting the shit out of the show. Right? I love I I love that she like basically blackmails him into having sex with her and she's like doesn't even feel bad about it. She's oh. like, I took care of you, you're gonna take care of me. Just so easily too, the way she was manipulating him and pulling the strings, you're like, Oh man, Judy, you are one up here. <laughs> okay. Like doing favors that aren't even asked and then using it as blackmail beautiful she's so smart absolutely beautiful and like i didn't think she was going to be a good ad but she's done great bravo to whoever the actress is playing this role right and but i mean continue with loose check i mean before we even got to that he got these letters in the mailbox that he didn't even know he didn't even know that there was a mailbox and so we finally get there and it is beyond overflowing and, like, just the letters that Nikki's able to send, which I found interesting, that they yeah, were allowing her like, to... how? But okay. You know, you can't keep a poker chip, but we're allowing her writing utensils? So... I, I think there's a way to write letters in all prisons, but I don't know, maybe it was easier because it was from prison to prison. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe she delivered them herself, too. You know, there's no telling with the short distance in between these super. Apparently, animals. Max is in, like, the backyard. Yeah. So. And, like, and that's when Loose Check started feeling guilt. was like, well, maybe I did do something wrong. You know, maybe sacrificing her, for me, wasn't the right idea if I want to be in some kind of relationship with her. Yeah. And then, Which I mean... Which is interesting, too. What do you mean? That just... The relationship between the two of them, it's always been kind of enigmatic, and I'll, I'll be interesting to see, well, it'll be interesting for you to see when they speak again, how that interaction goes. I, I don't see it going well in any shape or form. You know, now you've got me leaning towards that. These drugs are definitely taken. She's going to be a druggie again, so that means Red's going to be upset with her. Oh, she's man. She's going to have such anger towards loose check still like it's going to be a knockout drag down fight as much as an inmate can have with a guard and i'm not wrong (laughs) and so now i'm really getting excited to see that but and i think judy's gonna let loose check take a lot of it i don't know if she'll let him take all of it but i think she's gonna take a good portion of it well she's kind of getting what she wanted who judy yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, she's going to let Loose Check take a lot of this beating that Nikki has thrown, coming his way. Oh, yeah, because she doesn't really care. Well, she just cares long enough as Loose Check's going to be able to still talk to her and have sex with her. 
<laughs> which go Judy. Yes, that's true. I mean, oh, I'm I'm so excited to see more Judy scenes. Like even her cooking show, her little cooking show inside the prison is hilarious. And I know, like, and she didn't even want to do it because she didn't want to be like pigeonholed, uh, and she didn't really want to be seen as different or you know given special privileges. But when she gets there, you know, she's nice enough to like pick Pusey, who's all oh Pusey up there's like the uh, little sexy magician assistant. Just like, and here we have butter. You know, we're going to be working with this ingredient. And just, like, show it off. You know, she's got the huge smile on her face the whole time, just ready to go. I love, I love Pusey so much, but it's just, and, and she's so flawless with the way that she kind of is like, well, we, let's see what we can make when we don't have a knife. Yep. You know, like, without being able to cut anything. And it's kind of like she's so easily able to, you know, do prison humor and work with what she has. And it just, like, emphasizes the fact that she's a true professional. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the first thing they made was cornbread. And she was like, I think there's a good portion of you in here that's going to like the first thing that I'm cooking. Some good old-fashioned cornbread. All the black people are like, yeah! And then she's like, <laughs> but with a Mexican twist. And they're like, huh? And so, like, she's just perfectly hitting both groups and combining them. Right. And then it's done by the white woman. So, I mean, it was just interesting to see the way that they did this. Yeah, they're they're very interested in race this season, which uh, obviously is apparent when Piper accidentally makes a uh, Nazi mm. group. Basically. Oh my god. I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard in this show than when she when made the White Lives Matter. Oh my god, White Lives Matter was the funniest thing that I've ever seen on TV. Like, like, I, I, oh, I hope that was intended. Oh, of course it was. Like they're supposed to be ridiculous. Oh man. Like I was literally on the floor laughing, like when they just started screaming White Lives I Matter. Know. And then, like, Piper is just horrified, and, like, Lorna and Gina are just sitting there like, well... What is going on? Like, how did this happen? Oh, man. And it's just... And it's it's interesting, because everything Piper does is, like, blowing up in her face right now. So horrible. Except for her gangster plan. You know, whenever she goes to try to put someone in danger, like, when she goes to blackmail somebody, those plans work flawlessly. Well, yes and no, because, you know, with, with the whole uh, panty thing where she kind of wanted to sabotage Maria's, like, rival panty business. Yeah. And, you know, Maria got another three to five years added to her sentence. Exactly like Piper wanted. Well, Not Piper n- didn't want that. What do you think she was wanting? I mean, that's well, enough to get she her... Backtra- she backtracked when she found out that that had happened. She was like, that wasn't my intention. Like, I didn't want it to be that bad. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, that should have been the punishment that she was looking for to get her to back down from the panty business. Well, the, the thing that was scary is, like, right after that happened, Maria goes up to Piper, and she's barely holding back her anger, and she's like, I'm going to bury you. I don't think she was holding back any anger. Well, I mean, holding back physical anger. Yeah. Because that is a fight that Piper will not win. No, no. No, no. 
and uh oh man the next episode i can't ah. and i don't and like my thing with piper is i don't think anyone's gonna go to bat with her because as we find out from big boo everyone hates her and it's yeah. not an exaggeration everyone hates her like even boo like says you're like i don't even like you nobody likes you but we need you, you. know you have this thing that's happening and you gotta get it under control yeah, I mean, she just has no muscle and no way of getting muscle. And if you notice, the interesting thing is that whenever Piper is justifying her action, actions, she always says, like, I got to protect my people. I got to protect my people. She doesn't have any people. It's no. for herself. And she doesn't really want to face that. And she doesn't. Well, she thinks she has people. She thinks all of these people are coming to bat for her. They respect her. They're scared of her. But they're really not. Like, even Red undercuts her every single time that she tries to be tough. That's true. And for some reason, Piper isn't able to see that. Well, Piper... Piper's got some stuff coming. Uh, my my favorite Piper moment had to be when she went to talk to Piscatella. Oh. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. She, she was like, oh, I like your beard. And he was like, yeah, I've had a beard since I was 10 years old. Two beards, actually. This one and the one I took to junior prom. <laughs> That's right. I like dudes. I will never find you cute or adorable. And like, I was just like, savage. Get her. said, I will never find you adorable. That was like my favorite thing ever because she uses that so often. And he oh, was yeah. Like, no. I was like, get her. Get her. <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of having fun with it. But, I mean, she was smart to go to him, and she was smart to play the gang thing. Like, I mean, that was such a genius idea. I mean, I I started to, at the end of that episode, at the end of episode six, sort of get the notion that things were going to go bad for her. Well, I mean, I've had the notion that things are going to go bad for her eventually, just because... You know, ever since season one, when uh, she accidentally called out Red's cooking, you know, nothing terrible has really happened to her. Well, I mean, Doggett almost killed her with the wrench of the Christmas thing, but... I forgot about that. Besides that, you know, Piper's kind of been on the up and up. You know, she lost her husband, which was huge, you know, big positive. And then she lost her best friend, who was annoying. And so... so glad that we're not showing them anymore (laughs) so i mean really like piper hasn't had anything negative happen to her in a long time and so it makes sense that something it's all about the crumble i I just don't know what it is i do (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just i'm like giddy i'm like so giddy for you to see what's about to happen but we'll get there speaking of outside world though can we talk about Correcticon? Oh my god, does this not look like the best thing ever? Like, can like, we go to Correcticon next week? It was like, I, I just remember sitting there the whole time and being like, that set design is amazing. Because you know they had to make all those things. And if they didn't have to make all those things, is there an actual Correcticon-esque thing that happens in the world? I mean, I think we need to find out. Like, I, I think we need to Google this. And if not... I think we know our next business venture. Correcticon. Correcticon. 2017. Let's get this going. Everyone gets swag bags because apparently they're worth it alone. Swag bags with, uh, what was it, like, Wuffle Bat police batons. Oh, yeah. And, like, candy cages for (laughs) diets. And also, you know, the handcuffs looking real sturdy. 
You know, they, they even got to be, they were even used a little bit. They were. You know, good old Caputo. I have to say, I was very impressed with Caputo because, you know, she's all aggressive and handcuffs him and, he, you know, she, he's talking tough and she's like, well, show me. And then he just immediately goes down and I was like, Caputo. Yeah, I mean, he was acting like he was getting some heroin, you know, had to pay the price. Hey, buddy. <laughs> but, and also, you know, he went up to defend the inmates, and she was so vain and everything, and thought that he was actually defending her, so she could continue giving her speech. Yeah, well, I mean, she doesn't, she is so disconnected from the job that she does. She's all numbers, 100% numbers. Yeah, especially when, you know, you have that scene... I think it's in the the fifth episode, I'm not sure, where um, he's talking about how he wants classes yeah. at the prison, and all she's like, make me breakfast, make me breakfast, make me breakfast. Oh, no, not just breakfast. She wants that omelet. And... Oh, right. She was all about omelet. And so finally, he gets it in her head to talk about the classes, and she seems really supportive, which is what worries me, because... Like, well, at I the mean, time, you know, he was talking about, like, they need to know basic skills. It will really help them when they get out in life and things like that, which aligned uh, really well with, like, Elena's problem with not knowing what she does when she gets out, but that's another thing. Yeah. Um, but Linda was, like I said, super supportive. Well, it wasn't, him. like, she demonstrated. She's like, you know, go ahead, let me pitch this, you know, because once I get up there talking, I know how to pull their strings and stuff, and by the end of it, they don't even know what they're agreeing to. He's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then three seconds later, he's out of the bed making an omelet. And it's like, you're, you're, she just did it to you, buddy. <laughs> and so, yes, you know, that's exactly the person you want, you know, giving this speech. Because she can do exactly what she says, but you need to be careful. Well, what worries me is, what worried me when I heard that, and so I was like, he's giving this to her. She's going to completely change his plan. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's going to be like, uh... A bill that gets passed in politics or something, you know, it'll never get passed because it's not about the real thing by and the end of it. if it does get passed, it will look nothing like it was on its first draft. Which is scary because, you know, he even comes back, you know, I think he's walking on water by the time he gets back into the prison. And he's like, don't worry, guys, I got classes coming. You're going to love it. Don't worry. I'm here for you. And I'm feeling real worried for Caputo. And he thinks he can, you know, keep that promise, but... It's the guards' prison now, especially after the vets came in. Oh, yeah. And these vets are awful. We they quit. are just so, so, like, especially, like, Humphrey, the one that's kind of messing with Maritza. Yeah, the handsy guy. Spanish and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he broke out uh, fluent Spanish, I was like, uh-oh, this could be some trouble. You know, us white people with our Spanish, we're dangerous. <laughs> I was not expecting him to... I mean, I think he speaks it better than her. Honestly, like, she doesn't... She uh, speaks it a lot less than a lot most of the other, mm -hmm. you know, Hispanic characters. But, yeah, I mean, he he can... He's definitely at least on to the whole, like, panty thing, and he's making her really nervous. But, no, she's too naive about it. She doesn't even realize... That he's kind of on to her. Because, like, she just got back in the car was like, whew, you know, dodged a bullet there. Well, she's always been, like, the Ditsy. quintessential, I'm not going to worry about it because I'm pretty girl. 
Well, and that was exactly what we got from her backstory as well. Yeah, with the, you know, the whole car. Also, oh my god, that scene where they're driving around and she's trying to, like, keep her cover of being his wife. (laughs) That was so good and so nerve-wracking, like, the way she played both questions. Like, that's what he said. He's like, you're smarter than you look. And, like, she is because she isn't necessarily playing dumb, but, like, that's just kind of how she puts up her like emotional barriers is by coming off as knowing less than she does i think that she really just doesn't know that much she's just very good in social situations yeah i don't think that she's putting off being dumb i just think that she's really good in social settings if that makes sense she she develops a little bit as the as the season goes on i mean maybe but i'm not expecting her to start being able to pass that trig test that uh other girl was taking like oh that elena was taking and yeah. so was trying to help her with and so so oh i mean we'll, we'll get back to that but i mean I'm, I'm interested to see where these guards go yeah mm. they're very insidious right now and like of course the the female vet she's a little nicer than the rest of them um, like when she's trying to get Maritza to teach her how to do eyeliner, uh-huh. <laughs> that's just such a female moment. Like when a woman is trying to bond with another woman, a lot of the time it's gonna they'll be pick makeup. something that the other woman does well and like ask her to help with it. Oh, because people then, love doing you know, favors. Huh? Say so, because people love doing favors, especially if yeah. they're good at them. And then later on, you know, like, she gives Maritza a tampon and things like that. Like, she's she's trying to at least... Humanize. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we had that, like, the fat guard basically being the most sexist creature on the planet and talking uh-huh. about Maritza like she wasn't even there. And I really... Which, great job by Maritza by yeah, uh, putting she, him in her place. You know what gets me so wet <laughs> when guys treat me like I'm a pastry. <laughs> But also, of the fat guard, the last thing I ever needed on this earth was to see his balls. And, like, you know, I know sometimes, you know, women are like, yeah, we know we need more male nudity. Eh, I don't know if we do, if that's what we're going to get. Like, that was... the female body... So much prettier. It's just prettier. Yeah. Than the male body. You know, because I always had this idea in my head that, like, when God was making, like, men and women, like, he made woman, and she was perfect, and everything flowed really well, and then he made the man, and he was like, shit, how are they gonna have sex? <laughs> and then he took, like, just, like, a random bit of clay, and was just like, boop, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that about makes sense. Yeah. And, but, I mean, you know, we get that, and the other big scene with the things was, you know, we'll go back to loose check and, uh... The video games. You know, they're sitting there playing... And she comes in, you know, after, I have no idea how she only cut her hand that, I mean, it's severe, but it's not nearly as bad as it should be with that drill that she was using. She should have lost, like, a finger. She should have possibly lost her hand. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know how they did it. You know, if they would have shown a saw or something, that would have made this a lot more believable. But, I mean, she runs in just blood going everywhere. And, and he doesn't care. And he's just like, wait for me to finish my game. And that's when I was like done with him. Because as Cash, as you know, I, I have a lot of anger tied towards guys caring about video games more than 
life. So yeah. I already, I was like, I'm done with you. We're done. We're over. Bye, loose check. And I mean, just like, and he's playing while the other guys, you know, getting a beer and stuff. He's just like, go, you need to help her. And he's like, are, are you being serious? Are you taking her side? And I was like, oh my God, loose check. Like, when did this happen? Have you been and like it, this the whole time? I like they made him worse than he's kind of been. I don't feel like he's really been that bad, but I mean, they really wanted to ample up, you know, the title and him being a piece of shit. Yeah. And we really got to feel that way. You know, it's like, they kind of started slow, they kind of started small, like when he's talking to Bailey at the beginning of the piece of shit episode, and, or his, when he's talking to his friend, he's like, you didn't go high, like, if you go high, they think that's just your personality, and then, like, <laughs> you can do it every time from then on, and, like, that's kind of funny, because everybody kind of knows that person that they work with. Yeah. That's, like, perpetually stoned, and then it just, like, ramps up from there. He's like, oh, but you wanted to, you know, be on time and everything. Yeah. And, and like you said, with uh, what we also got out of that scene with the video games was that we we saw that Coates is really trying to care more because, uh, you know, he's like, she's a person, like, and she's bleeding in front of you. Like, you, she needs help. Take her to the infirmary. And then be, he doesn't even really agree. Well, he's like, fine, we'll leave after he gets kicked out. And it's like, but will you take us back? And it's just like, dude, come Cause, on. Because he was too drunk, right? I just don't think he had the keys, or he lost them, or something. I don't think he cared about being too drunk. Oh, loose check. God, he sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, just awful. And then, you know, we'll just skiddy on over to another guard in Healy. I mean, we, we get Healy. a sad Healy story, but, I mean, I wasn't really feeling his background at all. I have never liked Healy because he is so sexist, but he is sexist in, like, an infuriating way. Mm-hmm. Because it's so ingrained in him, and it's so the way that he was raised, which you clearly saw with his backstory with his, you know, his father being super, super homophobic. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you get why he's like that, but it's, it's awful because, like, when Judy King, like, he threatens Judy King about the show. Like, she doesn't want to do the cooking show, and he's like, no, you're going to do it. And then when she requests for, like, a therapy transfer... He's like, oh, you know women, they talk. Like, yeah, that's just the way completely women are. And, like, he off. says stuff like that all the time. Yeah, and I mean, luckily, Caputo was like, well, you know, since she's our all-star, you know, our high client uh, inmate, we're going to do whatever she wants. And so yeah. I'm okay with Healy getting a backseat and stuff because I'm really not digging anything that they're writing for him right now. I've never liked him, and I really didn't like that whole random he and red almost having a thing thing yeah like i don't know what purpose he's really serving anymore like he kind of phases out this season to be honest like with this back check like look when we get his backstory i like i still continue to like him even less because like when he's a kid you understand why he freaks out and doesn't give the right answer to his mom because like he's a kid yeah and he wants things to be normal and but when he's older like the first thing you see is that he's dating one of his clients so such a huge no-no yeah all he cares is about is feeling important and like he has power over these women which is why he takes lolly under his wing he's like no i'm gonna be this 
knight in shining armor that like comes in and saves this woman even though he's never been able to save anyone but i mean in a way it was good for lolly because she was able to relax for a brief moment you know and thinking that she didn't actually kill the other guard and everything that's true especially when alex confirms it for a little bit yeah because she thinks that that's the way that they're gonna save lolly from getting murdered by frida who uh still stone cold killer and has been as we find out Wanting to use this poisonous tea for any yeah. given reason. The oleander tea. Mm-hmm. I love when Red, like, the way that Red gets her to stop is she's like, poison is beneath you. It's for witches and bored housewives, <laughs> not badass biker chicks with octopus tattoos. But, I mean, we learn that she really can go back to Max. And that that's going to be an interesting thing, I think, throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Is her doing whatever she can to stay out of Max, but still being a very powerful person. Yeah, definitely. Especially after what she's done. Oh, so much. <laughs> that part where she's like, I don't I don't remember when that happened, but the part where she's like, yeah, when I killed that cop. Wait, did I get caught for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how much have you done? And like, you, know, what? you never murdered anyone before? <laughs> That's still my favorite, like. She's like, really? I don't know. And then we also, we did get that Piscatella scene uh, line that you were talking about. You know, that, that was one of the opening things. His savagery about uh, having their freedom stomped on. He's like, you have no one to blame but yourself. That oh, was, yeah. When you've committed a crime, you know, anything that happens to you. In here is deserved. Is and deserved. It's like, yeah. Ugh, you know. I know we're not supposed to like him because he's such, like, by the book and he's exactly what you want in a pri- He's not what you want in a prison guard, but he's, like, what you want written as a prison guard, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, uh, a very interesting force in the prison because we've had, you know, obviously it's a mostly female show. Mm-hmm. And then when we have male characters, they're not traditionally masculine. No. You know, they don't serve that kind of purpose. And then you get Piscatella in here, who's like the definition of a hyper-masculine, testosterone guy. And is also gay. So, I mean... Yes. So, it's fun. It's just, it's fun. No, and I really like him. Like, I mean, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on the show, and I didn't think I was going to like him. He's a good villain. Yeah, do you think he's a villain though? I. Because he's all about safety. Like, I mean, and he'll go to maybe extremes to protect it and stuff, but ultimately, all he cares about is the prison being safe. I think, or at least that is that's what it is right now. As of then, I would agree with you. And so, well, man, I really hope I don't start to dislike Piscatella. But we will see. We will see. But, uh, what else we got working for us? Oh, well, you know, we kind of glazed over the whole uh, Maria and her group starting a rival... Panty business? Panty business. Well, and, you know, this is where, you know, like you said, Maritza is a little bit smarter than what some will give her credit for. She was like, hey, I can sneak it out. You know, I can be the one thing that we need. Yeah. But then, you know, immediately after they get their first uh, 
There's a lot of friskings going on now. Yeah, and that's when Boo is kind of talking to Piper, and she's like, hey, yeah. you gotta figure this out, dude. <laughs> but, you know, Marita gets it out by voluntarily, volunteering to get Frisk and everything, while, uh, who, oh, who, who's the taller one? Huh, uh, ooh. The taller. They're her best friend that does oh, the teardrop. Uh, they uh, call her uh, Flaka. Okay, that's what I thought, Flaka. Well, she's hiding the panties and stuff. Marita goes over and gets frisked and stuff, and then she has her get frisked as well, so there's nothing suspicious. Do her next. She misses her boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it's interesting to see her be able to play a smarter role, you know, be able to contribute and get the uh, Hispanics, the uh, Dominicans panty business off the ground and running. So Piper actually does have someone competing with her. Well, it's funny because when she offered to, you know, use the van and everything, the Dominicans, like, spoke against her and was like, well, what are you going to, like, they're just Mexicans. And it's like, oh, my God, you're doing the same <laughs> thing. Like, uh, just, oh, my God. And, I mean, it, 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 like I said, I appreciated the fact that the show is highlighting that there are different, you know, Latino cultures. Subcultures, yeah. But, um... It's always funny when people, like, talk about how they don't like racism and these other groups are terrible to them and then they do the same thing. <laughs> to a different group that they think is beneath them. It's just like, guys, are we not seeing this? Are we not, not. understanding what we're doing? And, so. But I'm trying to think of what else we really have going on. And, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of so-so and uh, puse. Being happy and so-so telling... Pusay that she loves her, and Pusay saying she loves her back, and they're so cute. I mean, so much actual true, genuine happiness going on in these scenes. Yeah, especially since, like, when uh, they were talking about, like, defining their relationship. Mm-hmm. And Pusay was like, we're happy, what else do we need to be? Yeah. It's like, you don't have to do anything, don't worry, and I, I want you to actually want to do this for me. Instead of feeling like you have to. And I mean, I gotta figure, that's a pretty big thing for Pusey to say, you know, when you're in prison and have been craving for that. I mean, it was, it's kind of a big thing to see characters kind of do that in a show anyway. Especially because, like I said, traditionally you get the man saying, okay, you know, we'll take it slow with the woman. Because usually women are the ones who kind of want to take it more slow than men. And in this, it's like, you know, we're flipping the script and we're having this with a lesbian couple. And I mean, so, I'm enjoying everything that they're putting out with it. I really am. Like, that yeah. that couple, you know, I'll, I'll say that with air quotes, is really bringing a lot of happiness and joy for me as a viewer to the show. Yeah, because I, I, like, I believe them in a way that I haven't believed Alex and Piper or... Like, some of the other ones, like you're saying. But Alex and Piper, like, it never felt like that was genuine. Like, that was it more out of need. It felt like it was out of, like, some sort of desperate need. Yeah, it was, like, out of need or necessity to survive when they were both yeah. going at each other. Now, like, Piper's and uh, Stella's, that was almost more genuine than Piper and Alex's. I felt like that was just an attraction thing, though. Wait, I mean, but, I mean, that made it genuine, in a sense. That's true. Although I don't know how Stella was attracted to Piper, but that's neither here nor there. 
Oh, Piper. <laughs> she sucks so much. And then God. we're getting a lot of good tasty stuff. I mean, she is a master compromiser. The secretary stuff is so funny. Great secretary. Like, she keeps, like, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And she's, like, haven't done anything to warrant special privileges because she's not good at her job. No, she's good at doing what she wants. Yeah, like, you know, we have that whole thing happening with uh, the um, the drone tabloid. <laughs> and then Cindy and Abdullah are finally able to put aside their differences over, remember, Scientology? Like, they yep. can't agree on their religion, but they can agree that Scientology sucks. <laughs> Which, I mean, and that's also another common thing, you know? Like, we, we might not agree on ours, but these people are the worst. Maybe that's the the message that Orange is the New Black is trying to send, that we should get, like, representatives from all religions and bring them together. And if they can just talk shit about Scientology, like, we'll all just start agreeing with each other. So we're not calling Scientology a religion? No. Scientology (laughs) is a cult. Uh, Hey, to be in it. Hey, I'm not going to say anything, but... I will. (laughs) not anyway scientology is mudkips yeah so, so um, you know cindy and abdullah they agree to what well, cindy gets the phone however much however long she needs it but abdullah is now going to get 25 percent, i believe of everything yeah 25 percent of what they make for the pictures which is going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate this into the show now it's pretty funny and uh, I'm excited to see where this is going. And I think Judy's going to find out about it, but play along with it. I-, I see that being in her character. Yeah, I can see her kind of being like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do this if I get, you know, another 25%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she cares. I mean, maybe she cares about money just for the principle of the matter. But I don't, I think she wants something besides money. But I could be wrong. Well, you're being very smart and insightful so (laughs) i mean that's just how i see her character playing this out because i mean she obviously she has all the money if she got nikki out of supermax so i mean what good is money going to do her in there it's not and i mean she's already set for life so she's basically martha stewart yeah and but how about caputo's password i just the dumbest, most Caputo thing, but I I was just like, ugh, really? This is what we're making his password? I felt like we were going back to season three Caputo. Ugh. A little bit with that, with the side boob. 69. Not just side boob. Side boob 69. Because he's like a 12-year-old boy in a lot of ways. Hey, he's a caring 12-year-old little boy. Oh, I mean, I, I, I really like Caputo, but there are a lot of ways in which he's, like, trying to be young. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely shown all throughout the show. I wonder I wonder if that actor actually has that bald patch, or if they did that for the character. Uh, how, how do you just do a bald patch? For the character? Yeah. You just, uh, what you do is you put on, like, it's like a, a partial bald cap like a yarmulke okay and then that smooths down the hair in that area and then you glue on um hair to fill in the seam and then it looks like a bald patch huh did not know that yep 
I always thought just all those actors had bald patches. Yeah. I mean, they probably do. But, yeah. you know, I, I was just wondering if they had gone that extra mile to have him, like, losing his hair. That would be fun. That would, I wouldn't put it past them. It's definitely something I wouldn't put it past the show writers. No, me neither. So, I, I would like to give you, like, a, a chance to... Like, is there any scene this in these three episodes that really suck out to you, you know, big cinematography thing or anything? That just made you drop your... Drop your jaw. Drop my jaw. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, do you, what am I dropping? <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> um, well, I mean, like I said, this episode, these episodes were a lot of... Like setting up and stuff, I know. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't remember any, like, just cinematography that, like, a certain scanning of the outside or anything that was just like, man... That was there were some beautiful tracking shots. Like if you notice the way that they tracked through the Correcticon, mm-hmm. made it feel like one shot. And then they had this uh, like Dolly swivel shot where when Maria sees Piper and runs up to her, and it kind of goes from a wide into a close up of her face and makes you feel really claustrophobic. That's really clever. Um, but the my favorite scene, like a, my favorite scene of the whole season it's coming up and so it's the last scene of episode eight so i will not <laughs> i will have no shortage of things to say apparently i, I think we all know where we're going to be starting you know once every once sees episode seven yeah but uh i can't really think of anything else that we uh, didn't hit on or miss you got anything i mean you know, like I said, like we've been saying, these these are exciting things are to come, and I appreciated the, you know, chugging along with all the storylines. Even things that you don't feel are important add to the tapestry of the life that they live there. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree. Uh, if you had to give these three like a rating, what would you give them out of ten? Out of ten? No. Compared to the other episodes, because they're all yeah. good. Like, if I were comparing to them to other shows, it'd be different. But for the season, probably like a seven and a half. So, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say these were a nice, easy-going seven. I was enjoyed. You know, we got some plot progress and going and everything. But they were a step down. Not due to their own fault or anything. They were more like fillers. Well, when, when you're planning a season... Especially one like this, where it's not even really a season; it's like one long it's like, movie. Yeah, it's a giant movie. Watch it. Uh, these episodes are what's called the fun and games. So when you're writing a script, you know you've got, say, it's a two-hour movie. Okay. You've got uh, the first thirty minutes. That's the setup. That's where we see what the problem is. That's where we meet everyone. And then the second thirty minutes is called the fun and games. And that's when we have, like, training montages and people starting to fall in love and things like that. That's where we have, like, the fun stuff that you just kind of entertain, entertains you and you just enjoy. Okay, but training montages might be my favorite thing of any kind. Exactly. So, you know, in Rocky where he has his first kind of, like, training thing, that's called the fun and games. Okay. So this was kind of the setup slash fun and games of the season. Good to know. Coming in here to learn about the show, and you're getting 
little script supervising and little hidden tidbits about TV show making. I like to think that I'm at least semi-confident and competent <laughs> at my job, as I can't even say the word. Yeah, gets to the best of us. Yeah. Well, guys, if you have anything to say, if you caught anything that we missed, or if you know a little bit about the things that we were asking, go ahead and get at us on uh, Facebook at Bleed TV or Twitter, Bleed TV Podcast. You know, we have an email address, Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with y'all. You know, please give us a like or comment or anything, really. And uh, I think that's going to about do it for us. Yeah. I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. Thanks for having us. Don't talk to me. Lose a lame ass wanna be like, oh, totally. Totally. Stop. Don't talk to me. Lose a lame ass wanna be. Like, oh, totally. Like, totally.